Hello. Wait, Simon. I just. There's going to be feedback. Is that okay? I'll take my headphones off. Okay, let's see what I can do. Um... I was just saying to somebody the other day how much more professional our live casts were now. Yeah, <laughs> than it was used to be. I'm because because of the microphone thing. Yeah. Oh, good. It is coming through the microphone now, and I can hear you through my headphones. So the output is headphone. Yes. The input is USB audio. Does it sound any clearer? Uh, yeah, it sounds pretty good. Oh, shall I, shall I do some music I then? Can... And we'll pretend that that we we do the but normal. None music. of this ever happened. Yeah, so I had to make a dash yes, into the for the headphones. All right, let's go. Okay. Oh, I can I can see Simon's just joined. Yes, I have just joined. Yes, that's right. Yeah, well spotted. Oh, uh, well, hi there, Simon. How are you? Hi, I'm fine. Thanks very much, Sam. I'm definitely enjoying uh, the week and uh, the weather's going to get much better. Apparently, there's still the global pandemic, but um, but it's going to get warmer. So that's nice. You that's can't have thing. everything, can you? You can't have everything. No, you can't have everything. No. Could you, where, where would you put it? That's the I, well, you know, they, there's a, there are a number of storage companies on um, on the um, opposite the leisure park, aren't they? Like the, there's a yellow storage company and other storage companies are available. So if you did have everything, you could put it there. Mm. It costs it's about eighty pound a month, isn't it? Though for one of the really? sort of yeah, for a room size one in in a safe store, it's about eighty quid a month, I think. So uh, well, it would depend if it says it's room sized. It could be any yeah. size. It could be a really good deal. It could be like a warehouse-sized room. Well, it could be, couldn't it? Or it could be a room the size of a of a small dice. So um, that well, you roll the dice, don't you, when you when you buy storage space? Well, that's it. Yeah, I mean, if you if you had a small dice that you wanted to store somewhere, that would be all right, I guess. But yeah. uh, if it was anything larger, you'd be hard pressed to get it in there, really, wouldn't you? Yeah, well, you would have to press bloody hard to get anything much larger than a small dice, but even a medium-sized dice into a small dice-sized space. You would do. We we have people listening to us, I believe. We do, and we're going on about dice. We are, aren't we? But it's it, it, it was the punchline to an incredibly funny joke. That was the thing, you see. Yeah. Uh, how uh, Have you noticed that there are lots of moths about at the moment? I have, yeah. I mean, I literally, I was driving the other day, uh, obviously just for exercise purposes, yeah. and um, a huge cloud of them um, descended on my windscreen and I crashed and went over, over into a ravine again. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so, yeah, what, what, what's your experience with, um, with moths then? No, just well, where we've had the windows open more because of the hot times and it's been quite windy. It's just been blowing endless moths into my home. I think, yeah. Oh, the, the net curtains taken and battering. They're just halfway through it. Is is this is this is this like a metaphor? Is this like code? No, no. This is genuinely true. My oh, I see. Oh, oh, I four moths in this room. I thought it was some sex thing. That's all. That's what you were on about. No. Well, talking, talking of sex things, we've got a guest coming on later because our theme is literature. Yes, um, of course. Yeah. yeah. We've got a writer of sexy fiction, fat fan fiction, erotic fan fiction coming on. Later. Yes, I believe we have. Yes, and I've, I I I uh, interviewed him, and I have um, uh, I had lots of questions for him, and um, it's a very interesting interview. Well, I look forward to that one. Um, on the subject of literature, what have you been reading this week, Simon? Well, it's funny you should say that because uh, I was in Costco the other day and I was in their their literary section. Um, not a lot of people know that Costco have a literary section. It's round the back where the jacuzzis are and the big, like, 70 inch TVs. Oh, okay. So, I, I didn't know yeah. that. No, um, and basically I was I was looking at their um, sort of antiquarian first editions and so on, and I came across this book and I thought, yeah, this is this is going to be worth a read. Um, and then I, I started reading it, and it was just absolutely bizarre, right? So right. should I tell you what happened in it? Right, it starts with the, these two guys, okay, and they walk towards this dead guy, and one of them like puts the gun up to the the dead guy's head and sucks the bullet out. So that was weird for a start, right. yeah. Um, and then, and then this guy 
um, uh, who um, who had the bullet sucked out of his head. He then finds a dead woman in a barn and brings her back to life. Then he brings a puppy back to life. And that was pretty weird. And then this woman who's been brought back to life apologises for racially abusing somebody. Um and then, and then it cuts to some guys that are trying to um, to sell a farm to some old people, which is really weird. Uh, and then one of the guys, uh, his dead dog comes back to life, uh, which is really odd, kind of like walks around like a zombie. And then loads of people sort of leave a bunkhouse, and then two guys leave and then walk into some mountains. Um me. And it was just really weird. And and I tell you what's even weirder, right, is that the, the, the front cover was on the back and upside down, right? Yeah. The blurb was on the front and that was upside down. And the whole text of the book was printed like really back to front in this kind of upside down thing. Oh, well, yeah, but they use different fonts now, don't they? Mm. Probably you- some kind of postmodern thing. Well, do you know? Do you know what? I'll tell you the name of the book so you can avoid reading it. Mm. It's called Men and Mice of, and it's by Beck Steinjohn. So <laughs> I really, I really would avoid. I'd avoid yeah. reading that one because that was just. I mean, they say it's a classic. Apparently, they teach it in schools. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, don't you have to bulk buy it in Costco? So it must. You must have a few copies. Well, yeah, a lot of restaurants go there, and and they like you, you get like two hundred in one go, you know, and uh, two hundred antiquarian first editions of of that book that I just uh, told you I've about. Yeah. Myself, yeah, by, by Beck Stein, John. Yeah. yeah, I mean, didn't I, write I wouldn't. The I wouldn't Beck didn't he write the one? Sorry, didn't he write the uh, the music for Meatloaf, Beck Stein, John? He did, didn't he? Yeah, and he also did that song "Loser," didn't he? With the <laughs> yeah, he did that as well. Yeah, so yeah. I mean, to be perfectly honest, I, I wouldn't recommend it if I were you. No, but, uh, but that's well, that's that's just the way the cookie crumbles, isn't it? That's just the way literature is. I mean, it's different strokes for different folks. I think, as I said, when a similar thing came up in the art episode, <laughs> <laughs> and I remember like that, it, like it was only. Um, Last Sunday. Last week. Last Sunday, that's right. Yeah. Only only last Sunday, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, we so what have, what have we decided on the running order? Because Well, we're gonna have a quiz now, aren't we? Because it's a it's a literary episode. We're gonna have a literature quiz. A literal literature quiz. Yes. And I've got a jingle for that. Are you ready for it? I'm I'm ready. Okay, here we go then. It's jingle time. It's the First lines of novels quiz on the Sacred Cow podcast now. Now listen. Did you like that? Yeah, and I, I'm I'm listening. It was kind of smooth jazz, wasn't it? Because because it's literature, because it's like you know reading and books and that. I just thought smooth jazz. Yeah, well, it it goes well. I I feel relaxed and ready to be literatured. Good. Well, let's crack on then. So basically, the idea of this quiz is I'm going to give you the first line of a well-known novel. And your job is to see if you can work out what the novel is. It's as simple as that. Okay? Yep. Do you want to have a go at it? You can say no. No, we'll have a go at it. Let's jump on it. If you do, it'll fuck up the entire podcast and all the work I've done. But by all means, go ahead and say no if you want. I don't want to say no. I really want to do your quiz. I want to. I want to do your first lines in literature quiz. The smooth jazz has got me in the mood. Right here we go then. So here's the first one. I'll ease you in with a, an easy one. Okay, see if you can work out this one. Okay, and I'll, I'll do my kind of uh, reading voice for it. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Harry had only put his foot into a sock before, so this was all very new to him. Okay, so what, which yep. which book? I mean, the name gives it gives it you a huge. Name, but it's not. Do you, do well, you want me to read it again? Yeah, yeah. Well, once more. Yeah, Harry had only put his foot into a sock before, so this was all very new to him. It's not when Harry met Sally, is it? Because that's a that's no. a film. Um, yeah, I think, that's a film. Is it? Yeah. Is it Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Wanksgaban? <laughs> I think you mean Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Matalan, don't you? Yeah. No, it's not that one. No, it's not that one. No. Um, you're, you're very close, actually. Was it uh, Harry Potter and the Chamber Pot of Secrets? It wasn't that one, no. It what wasn't. One? I'll, I'll, I'll put you out of your misery. It was Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Oh, 
Okay, because obviously that reference to masturbation, it's obviously not one of the earlier ones, is it? So it's got. Oh yeah, yeah, ones, yeah. So there you go. So that that's how it all works. All right, do you okay. want another one? Yeah, go on then. Okay, here's another one. To me, a rainbow was not a trick of the light. It was a friend. Light refracted in rain so match the way my soul sang when I saw it. I was often, as a child, unable to articulate the abundance of joy I felt, and so I found some sort of solace in needlepoint. Hmm. What do you think that is? In needlepoint. Yeah, what do you think that might be? Train spotting? No, it's not train spotting. No, um, no. Th- think about it. Think about the the, the sort of characterisation. Yeah, abundance of joy, needlepoint. Um, it's a tricky one. I'll have to hurry you. Yeah, I, I'm not going to get this one. You're not going to get it. Okay, right. It was actually born fearless from kids' home to SAS to pirate hunter. My life as a shadow warrior by Phil Campion. Oh. Yeah, it's, the, it's, it's one of those SAS ones, isn't it? Yeah. I know. Well, it's the thing, you see. But, you know, it's, I mean, it's a great read. You know, it's on Amazon and everything. It's, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a modern classic, I think. But, um, yeah. but yeah, but the needlepoint, you know, that, that would throw a lot of people. Yeah. Right, are you ready for wrong. another one? Went for train spotting, didn't I? Yeah, well, I'm ready for another do, yeah. one. Yep. Okay, now, this, this is a, a real, this is a children's classic, all right? So you should be able to get this one. Mm-hmm. As she tossed the lit match at the drug dealer's lifeless body, doused in petrol, she thought of their struggle, how he had just punched her in the solar plexus, how she had brought the knife up into his jaw and all the shit that had preceded their life together. Fuck you, she thought, and walked away from his burning corpse. Mm, that, that Stylistically, it's got Blyton written all over it. Yeah, I can see why you're thinking that. I can see why yeah. you're thinking that, but um, it's not. I don't know. There's how many? There's only two characters, though, not five. So it can't can't be Enid Blyton. No, it's um, not famous five. No, <laughs> um, I don't know. It's not a comic book. It's not the Fantastic Four. Mm. It's definitely mm. not Three Little Pigs because there's only two of them, as I've said. I, I, what 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 is it, Simon? You're gonna have to it, put me out of my misery. It's Anne of Green Gables by Ellen Montgomery. It is, isn't it? Oh yeah. my god. Now, apparently, not a lot of people know this, but originally it was going to be called Anne of Motherfucking Green, Green Gables by Ellen Montgomery. But she decided at the last moment, I think it was her and her editor together decided that Anne of Green Gables would be much better. So, so there yeah, you go. It's got more flow to it. Blimey. It has, isn't it? Yeah, it has, yeah. Right, are you, are you up for another one? Yep. Okay, here we go. It was rubbish living in the city because you couldn't do nothing because everyone was listening and looking at you all the time and he was afraid of rats too. So that was shit. Mm. What do you think it might be? Uh, The rats should be the clue. The rats. Who has a pet rat? Is it it Rudyard Kipling? Because he writes about animals. Uh, I can see where you go with that one, but I'm afraid it's not. No, it's not. No, you're a long way away. And it's not the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles because of Splinter the Rat. No, it's not that. No, it's not. Um, no, no, no not it's the, not. No, no. Green Green Mile. No. He no, he had a mouse, didn't he? Go on. What is it? It's nineteen eighty four by George Orwell. Oh, so um, you see the rat room one oh one. You see, you should have got that one. Oh, I should have done. Yeah, this see. is rather embarrassing, just like the the Isn't art it? quiz. Well, let, let's see if you can get this one. Now, there's a character name in this, and I'm not going to say their name, otherwise it would give it completely away, okay? Right. Are you ready? But anyway, I'll, I'll do a sort of uh, uh sound when it's the name of the, uh, the main character in it, okay? Okay. Okay, here we go. I recall with some trepidation a case involving a snake that came down a bell pull and killed a lady, but when me and uh, uh, turned up, it killed the man who was her father and who was also the villain. It began, like so many other cases, with a knock at the door. Hmm. What do you reckon? So we're, we're thinking like a character, like kind of... Uh, Mystery kind of thing. about. Yeah, kind of keeping a journal of, of his experiences with this character and solving mm. crime and well, that kind of thing and a, a snake coming down a bell pool. and uh, Yeah, I mean, I, I, I there was a Sherlock Holmes uh, 
novel, wasn't there? Where where um, you're very close. A, you're a very necklace, close. A necklace killed someone, but it turns out it wasn't a necklace. It was a snake. It was a snake. Yeah. Uh, but it's not that one. So, uh, um, hmm. I don't know, Doctor Jekyll. And... Oh, I couldn't tell you. It's the Speckled Band by uh, Arthur Conan Doyle. Oh. Yeah, you see? I mean, it's one of those mystery stories which is just timeless because you just have no idea. What the what, fuck is going on? No, until the very end when obviously uh, Everyone knows reveals, what the fuck yeah. is going on. But yeah, but I mean, you know, you, you read that opening section and you're just left yeah. in, you know, it's just, it's an enigma, isn't it? It's 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 Roland Barthes' pro heretic code, isn't it? I mean, it's just yeah. so difficult to understand. Or is it the hermeneutic? I always get the two mixed up. Well, I think it's just like how lot, lots of young young people see it. It makes you want to read on, and you can really picture it, it in your head. It does, or it makes you want to put your dick in a sock. But e- yeah, either way, yeah. it, it it brings a it brings something to you, doesn't it? So you know. It does, yeah. I think it, I feel enlightened, and I feel like my life's um, a little bit better off uh, hearing those openings. And I might pursue a few of them uh, during my lockdown life. Shall I take us out with the jingle again? Yes, please take me out. Okay. It's the first lines of novels quiz on the Sacred Cow podcast. Now, now, listen. There's some heavy auto-tune on that, isn't there? There is, and I'm not sure it's been tied into any specific key, so... <laughs> that was that was generally the idea. <laughs> well, it's sort of free-form, isn't it? It's like jazz, the auto-tune yeah. is playing jazz with the voice. It's it's nice, it's um, it's beautiful, it's artistic. It's, it's smooth, it's smooth, isn't it? Yeah, Do you know what I think is my, fa- favorite, my favourite part of the podcast coming up now? And what part is that, Simon? It's the Tisdale connection, isn't it? It is the Tisdale connection, and do you know what? I've got um, I've got a, a a pedal that I'm running my mic through, so we won't have that same loud volume issue with my new camera phone when I play the jingle. Ah, oh, technology's awesome, isn't it? It's the Tisdale connection. It's the Tisdale connection. What's the connection between today's topic and Ashley Tisdale? It's a Tisdale connection. It certainly is. Today's Tisdale connection, uh, I will be connecting Ashley Tisdale to the world of literature. Now, there there are a number of books about AT. Um, that's Ashley Tisdale's initials, not the amount of books. She's got she's got seven books about her. And, um, that's clever. That's clever. On Yeah. I, I wish I'd said AT <laughs> a little bit more like the number rather than her initials as I'm reading this item. You know, you know what that needs, don't you? Oh, an interesting okay. new horn. There's... It was, yeah. It's not the Dixie horn. It's a, it's a party horn. So... I thought it was an elephant. Should <laughs> sure, I do it again? Yeah. It does actually sound like an elephant, doesn't it? It is a party horn, but yeah. And maybe it was an elephant party. Yeah. Anyway, on Amazon, yeah. there's um, there's yeah. an Ashley Tisdale quiz book for 99p. We're not sponsored by Ashley, Tail, Ash, Ashley Tisdale quiz book, um, but I would recommend it. I used the first sample page and it said on the sample page, this is a fun quiz book about Ashley. Pull it out to quiz your friends and have a little fun. Remember, have fun and crack plenty of jokes. Spice it up a little. Play men against women. And the loser has to do something humiliating. Um, I think that means do something more humiliating than taking part in an Ashley Tisdale quiz from a quiz book. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I, I also like the fact that they've um, they've used the Ashley Tisdale quiz book as a vessel to impose their heteronormative ideals by oh, yeah. playing men against women. Well, yeah, but Ashley, I mean, she she works in her own in her own channel, doesn't she? She works, she carves out her own passage. I mean, I think that's the important thing about Ashley is that she is, you know, the original passage carver. Well, she, she is, isn't she? That's right, and and her passage is like neon lit across the world, isn't it? You know, she, she does her own thing. She plows her own field. She You can't she, miss Ashley's passage across the world. You can't, no. So I think she can do whatever she wants. And if she wants to enter the world of, of literature, that's entirely up to her. But I mean, I, I mean, it's, it's an audacious conceit, isn't it? Do you, think, do you think she made that quiz about herself by herself? 
or it's written by someone else. I don't know. I mean, that that's the kind of double play that she does. It's the sort of double bluff. It's the it's mm. the it's it, it's so meta. It's just it's just you know it's it's very postmodern. It's gone back around on itself, hasn't it? She occupies both sides of the yeah. horseshoe simultaneously. She's the poster girl for um for 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 meta um postmodernist um art you know art terrorism isn't she so well absolutely you, th- you yeah. think like, what well, you think tisdale you think thomas pynchon in the same breath mm. um now i've uh, i've noticed that there's a lot of uh, high school musical books um on mm. on the amazon but i'm not going to include oh, yeah. those because that's about sharpay it's not it's not about the no. tears no um I'd, right. I'd be an arsehole to include those so uh, the main one be. that ever <laughs> thank you that everyone yeah. Uh, seems to seems to like is Ashley Tisdale. Life is sweet. The unofficial autobiography, and um, yeah. some of the reviews were quite amusing. So um, Yukiko has said yeah. English is very easy because the book was created for American elementary school kids. I think people who don't speak English can understand it well. Later, it is a bit old, but there are also pictures of Ashley inside. It is a great book for anyone who wants to know more Ashley. However. It is vulnerable to rain and moisture because this book is paperback. Oh God, you'd have thought Ashley would have thought of that, wouldn't you? Yeah, she well, she hasn't. Um, there's another one, a great book and a great personality, an amazing book to consider reading and to read. It's great to deal like it's coming from Ashley Hart. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, that's that's a it's a, a very thoughtful review there. I, I couldn't have put that one better myself. <laughs> But you see, the thing about Ashley's autobiography is that, I mean, in the best traditions of, you know, um, Tom Wolfe and uh, Hunter S. Thompson and mm. and um, and so on, I mean, it's it's an audacious sort of weaving of, of fact and fiction together, blending sort of narrative and um, and and sort of journalism, and and it's 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 an incredible read. I mean, I once oh, I you've read it, that one. Well, once I put it down, I couldn't pick it up again. So you know, it was just it was just incredible. Well, I'll, I'll end this uh, segment with a final mm. review. Um, and Donna Hunt has said it was good to read how she came about making a name for herself, and it's great how she keeps her family above the things of fame. I pray she continues to do so. That was in 2012, and I tell you what, she is continuing to do so to this day, Simon. Because the other yeah. day. Guess who was round her house putting up some windows? Who's that? Mike Tisdale, her dear old dad, still helping her with the DIY, eh? keeping keeping her family involved with her Hollywood lifestyle. That's why I like. Dear, dear, lovable Mike. He's uh, he's uh, a rock, isn't he? He's a rock in a in a field of um, candles, isn't he? I think, as the old saying goes, yeah, he is a rock yeah. in a field of candles. Yeah, that was the Tisdale connection. I hope you all feel enlightened and a little bit closer to Ashley herself. I think so too. Um, that I, I'm, I, I'm just coming down out off of that, to be perfectly honest. But just out of interest, all those people that joined at the beginning have they all gone now? Yep. Yeah, it's just yep. me, you, and Big Fan. They all they all left, and we didn't even mention tits this time. <laughs> I, I'm always fascinated to see when people do actually leave. What what is they were saying when they leave? Uh, well, um, I think it, it was it was the Costco. You mentioned Costco, and it scared them off. Oh fucking hell! But look, but do you know what I mean? Like, lots of people are quite yeah. scared to go into Costco because you think, like, why would I need a, a six kilogram tin of beans? Yeah, and and uh, you know you need a card. Do you need a card to shop there? I think you do, don't you? It's like the, how Maxland used to be. The beans are a sex thing, aren't they? I mean, if you need that many, many beans, that's going to be a that's going to be a sort of a food uh, thing. They it? ain't going in your mouth, I tell you that. They ain't going in your mouth. No, they're going yeah, in, everywhere it, else, aren't they? Oh, it's like but, they're doing comic relief, isn't it? They they seem to wheel out Boyzone or someone and then cover them in beans, and that's funny, isn't it? Wasting yeah, food. It, yeah, but it's just a fetish thing, isn't it? It's just you know, it's just that kind of weird, sexy. Thing, some some it? commissioner at the BBC. I know. <laughs> anyway, um, are we ready for our coup, our absolute amazing thing that our, our listeners don't know that we've done? Oh yeah, I have got a jingle. I'll I'll do the jingle first, and then I'll make the announcement, and then we'll we'll get started. Yeah, okay, okay, all right. So here comes the jingle. It's a long lost pinterplay. Yeah, that jingle announces the fact that um, 
very recently, if only actually this morning, uh, a brand new um, short radio play for voices by the legendary dramatist Harold Pinter has been discovered. Um, Wonderful. In, yeah, in some uh, uh, papers of his in, in his loft. And um, it, it was published this morning uh, on the on the internet, um, you know, sort of like Creative Commons kind of thing. And the idea is, <clears throat> we're going to perform it for you. So this is this is yeah, Harold Pinter who wrote the Birthday Party, the Caretaker, you know, incredible playwrights, an amazing um, uh, screenplay writer as well. Yeah. Um, and we're going to perform one of Harold Pinter's long lost plays. So the play is called. Pretty Polly. It was written in 1962, and um, um, it's a two-hander. So basically, I'm going to play the part of Polly, and uh, Sam, you're going to play the part of Gordon. Aren't I'll you? be playing the part of Gordon, won't I? Yeah. Now I've hastily put together some sound effects for this as well, so we'll we'll see how it goes. But uh, but I mean, if it goes off well, I mean, it'll be the first you know production, radio production of of Pretty Polly. Wonderful in the, West, in the Western world. So. Uh, so what do you think? Do you think you were ready to do this then? Yeah, I'm, I'm proud. I'm proud to be able to play Gordon. And you've got your script ready, haven't you? I've got it here. Yes. Okay. Right. Okay. Well, um, I I will now do the thing where I will start the um, the with the with the intro music, and then we'll go into it, and then I'll I'll do my first line, and you know, are you ready? Yes. Okay. Here we go then. Right. Pretty Polly by Harold Pinter, a play for voices. Have, have you finished breakfast then? Have I had breakfast? Yeah, have you? Had it, yes. What, what did you have? For breakfast, uh, let's see, poached eggs. On toast, the eggs? Right on top, Polly. What was your shift like? All quiet. No one around. I thought I saw a ghost. Was it? A ghost? No. It was a cleaner. Cleaning. Not a ghost. Not even the ghost of a cleaner. I, I think I need to open a window. Statham's coming round this afternoon. To let the stink out. For the money, Polly. He can't have it. Were they runny? What? The eggs, were they runny? When you cut into them, did the yolk run all over your toast, you know, drip down the sides, you know? He's owed the money, Polly. We have no choice. Only I like them runny, you see, on account of my preferences, you see. I, I can't abide them hard, like golf balls they are when they're overdone. It's not right, you see, not right, you see. He can't have the money. We ain't got it. It's a shame, but he just can't have it, Gordon. He'll kill us both. Me first, then you. Have you got the money? Money? Have I got it? Well, I'll say not. What I'll, what I'll say is that I've not got it. I've got a post office book with 15 shillings in it and a signet ring and that coronation plate is what I got, but I ain't got no money like what Statham wants. He can whistle for it. He can, like a bird, like one of them birds, like a jack snipe. I used to see them all over the salt flats down in Kent. Swoop they did all morning, swooping and rising against the blue sky. You could sit for hours just looking at them, laying back in the tall grass and just watching them above you. He can sing for his money is what he can do, Gordon. He can sing. He's a singer, Polly, in a band. Singing is what he does. Cruel he is, just cruel. And you can print that and take it to the bank. I can't abide a cruel man. We needed that money. It was the only right thing to do. He's a villain, Gordon, a pantomime villain. And he's behind us all. Ollie, turn that music down. I'm trying to sleep. What? I can't hear you. Turn, turn the music down. Oh no! <laughs> Sorry about that. Oh no! You've cut the electricity.
I've got to sleep, Polly. This is my night time. You've got to be quiet. I'm the only one earning in this place. Well, it was all meant to be so different, you know. It was all meant to be so different. I know. It was. It was all meant to be so different. They told me I could be an extra if I kept my face clean and followed my nose. All those hours at the side of the stage watching them actors do that acting that they do, thinking and hoping that one day it could be me on that stage doing the acting like an actor, like what them actors do when they's acting. I could have played a part, a part of a prince, a big part of a prince. The part I play now is the cook, vacuumer and dying for want of £50 for a singing loan shark. Gordon, are you listening? When's the funeral, Gordon? <laughs> Gordon for more linking music to show the passing of time. No, I just left that huge gap there. Anyway, when's okay. the funeral, Gordon? Funeral's next week. Have you ordered the flowers? Of course I have. That's where most of the money went. Mum would have loved them flowers. Pity she won't see them. Loved a nice carnation she did. Or a peony. I remember. Did you post the pools coupon? As if I haven't got enough to do, Gordon. Football, that's all you think of. Arsenal, Blackpool, Bradford Park Avenue, Hamilton Academicals, Aldershot. That's all you think of. Yeah, well, it takes my mind off all your bollocks, you talk. You can't swear in this house, taking the Lord's name in vain. That's a capital offence, that is, you filthy sod. It's just words. Words is all it is. What were those two knocks? Eh? A knock. Two of them. Where are the two of them? On the ceiling. What do you think? At the door. Well, go and answer it then. Why me? I do enough around here. Go and answer it then. You go and answer it. You go. Answer it yourself. Don't drag me into your little games. All right. I'll go and answer it. Yeah, yeah, all right. Well, what was it then? What was it, him? Him? Statham. No, it was the postman. Thank the Lord. With a letter from Statham, it's addressed to you. Oh, better open it then. What does he say? Hang on a second, I'm still opening it. What does he say? Go on, <laughs> what does he say? Wait. <laughs> Wait for the sound to finish. There. I didn't hear it. <laughs> I'll have to send it to you. Sorry about that. It wasn't a very uh, loud one. Sorry about that. Right, well, I'll just open out. this letter then. What does he say? He doesn't say nothing. It's just a photograph. What of? <laughs> a jack snipe flying over the salt marshes in Kent. That was Pretty Polly, performed by Sam and Simon for the BBC. This was a BBC production, written by Harold Pinter. Thank you. Oh, shut up. There we go. One more time. <laughs> well, what did you add to our listeners? Let's see all... No, people left in the middle of that. But wow, wasn't that amazing, eh? That was that was drama, that was, it was wasn't it? Dark, it was chilling. The pauses really, really got to me. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, that people, you know, if they don't want to listen to that kind of thing, then that's entirely up to them. But that was that was quality, wasn't it? What we that just was done. There. Fucking good drama. It was, wasn't it? Yeah. So there you go. So never performed anywhere else in the world. Harold Pinter's pretty poly there. Mm. Oh, that's taken a lot out of me, that has. Yeah, I'd I you know, I feel like I've, I've changed as a person after that. It's it's opened my eyes onto onto how real people struggle. Well, that's it, you see. And they I have mean, dreams of their own, you know. They do. I'm drained, I have to say. I'm completely drained now. Well, I think maybe we could um, we could move on to um, one of the one of the emails that I've had in. Yes, that would be a good thing. Yes. Right. Let me just 
just are you, go are you, through. Are you opening the email now? Yeah, I've just I printed it out actually. Um, should I do the email jingle? Do the email jingle. Yeah, that would be a good thing. I think I'm going to re-record that jingle. It's not my best work, is it? You can barely understand what's being said, and it goes on too long. No, but I think I think we get you. You said let's let's do the email jingle. So I think the fact that we can't hear it, we know that it is the email jingle, don't we? So we got an email in from uh, Carly uh, from Crawley. Uh, Carly, oh, yeah. she Carly uses from hot, Crawley. She uses Hotmail. Um, she says, Simon, when you were when you were caring for orcas at Sealand World, you were mm. known for your way with these peaceful giants. Mm. When when youths broke in and graffitied on the tanks, the owners used this as an opportunity to sabotage the orca tanks and to claim on their insurance with the youths getting the blame. This mm. didn't weigh well on your conscience, so you acted as a whistleblower on the whole operation. It was too late, though, and a hole had already appeared in the plexiglass you attempted a temporary fix of your own, and reporters flocked to the Sealand world to see how you had brought Willie the Orca some valuable extra time so that his rescue could be properly orchestrated. Uh, got an elephant horn? Wait a minute. If you'd have told me that was coming up, wait a minute. There you go. They asked how you fixed the plexiglass with a patch, and you simply said... It was really fixed with my post-it notes. But as you said it, the tank cracked, spilling the water and Willie into the pump room where his orca body was dashed into steam pipes, killing him on impact. Is this true, she says. Well, Curly from uh, Carly from Crawley, uh, it is indeed true. In, in, all, in all but one detail, it is entirely true. And I've got the post-its here. Oh, hear. yeah, we can hear. And that wasn't a sound effect either. Um, but it was entirely true. If it was a sound effect, it would have taken another 30 seconds. For me to queue it up, yeah, on my <laughs> laptop, yeah. And then we wouldn't have been able to hear it anyway. Um, yeah, but no, it actually was one. But, yeah, the only detail that wasn't true is that the orca wasn't called Willie. Okay, what was the orca called? Cause- because if it was called be- if it was called Willie, that'd be a fucking dopey name for an orca, wouldn't it? Yeah, I always thought that that would be a shit name for an orca. Yeah, it, it was Carl. Carl the orca. A Carl the orca. Yeah, that's a proper name, isn't it? Carl. You know where you stand with Carl the orca. You Willie. do, don't you? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. he looked like a Carl, and you see, he had that kind of Carl look to him. Yeah. You know, I, so, I rarely look at an orca and think Willie. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the thing, you see. You know, Willie's poking through holes. I mean, that's, you know, that's yeah. uh, that's all a bit glory hole, isn't it, wherever they are. But, I mean, do you know what I no, mean? It's well, just, yeah, I don't know. But, you know, it's all a bit uh, all a bit kind of... It's seedy, sub- isn't it? It's subtext, isn't it? And because and we're doing the literary edition, you know, subtext is all important, isn't it? But, so, Good no, link. It was, wasn't it? But his name was Carl, you see. So there you go. So not no Willie, no Willie in that story. Well, rest in peace, Carl. Um I hope it was a quick and vaguely pain-free death on the pipe. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, and we fucked him up a bit with chainsaws as well. Just, you know, just... Just just, he could fit him through the door. Just for shits and giggles, yeah. But you know what I mean? The the noise they make when you go out and with a chainsaw is just... What happens at SeaWorld Land, isn't it? What what happens at SeaWorld Land stays at SeaWorld Land. Um, (laughs) Although, technically, people were saying that... uh, you know, was was that the best orca at uh, at SeaWorld Land? I don't think it was even the best orca in that tank. <laughs> but he was the only orca in the tank. No, no. God, he sounds shit. Oh, you thought the chipmunk back. That's the sound that we make when we do the running joke, which we've missed out for the last two episodes, I think. Yeah. I think yeah. you're doing a better job at remembering it. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the sound now. Every time that joke happens, and how long does that sound go on for? Oh, uh, there we are. About seven minutes, I think. But uh, yeah, <laughs> it's a good one, though, isn't it? It was. When um, I was a kid, I used to. My I had one of those dance set record players, and oh, yeah. uh, and I used to put 
like forty fives on at seventy eight, just because it made a funny sound. Yeah. So I, I put uh, Bowie doing Ziggy Stardust on like at seventy eight, and I always thought that sounded funny. I think if you slow the Laughing Gnomes down um, by David Bowie, yeah, it just sounds like his normal singing. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. And it, if you speed, if you put say a Barry White thirty three RPM LP on at seventy eight. Yeah. Uh, you can actually you can actually sing in in the right octave. Barry Barry White and and Alvin and the Chipmunks were going to do a song together, and it was going to be his his bass baritone voice pitted against their you know uh, strangulato kind of like you know high notes. Um, and and which which one is it? I forget because Wales can I is it high frequencies? It's low frequencies that Wales can hear, isn't it? Something like that, yeah. Well, you worked at Sea World Land. You tell me. <laughs> oh yeah, of course I did, didn't they? Yeah. Uh I don't know, it's it's the one that sets off car alarms. That whichever one that is, I don't know. Uh, you just sprung that one on me the, the I, did deny I wouldn't have know what I'm supposed to say. And then I went quiet and you didn't know what to say. No, I didn't, did I? Do you want to do the interview now then? Yeah, yeah, we'll press play on the interview. Shall I do the interview jingle? Yeah, do the interview jingle. I've got all my questions set up. Not although obviously because it's recorded in advance. <coughs> Yeah. It, doesn't matter. it doesn't matter if I've got them set up, does it? We'll just no. we'll just press play. <laughs> yeah, just do that. Then. Here at the Sacred Cow, Sam and Simon are dedicated to bringing you, the listener, the most cutting-edge conversation that they are capable of delivering. As part of this pledge, they put their ears to the ground, their noses to the grindstone, and their voluptuous lips to the microphones, and source the following interview. This is, of course, the interview. Did that jingle say nonces to the grindstone? Noses. Oh, noses to the grindstone. I was wondering what was going on there for a minute. Uh, my guest today is the uh, is the erotic fan fiction writer whose name I've temporarily forgotten. So he he will. Hi there. Uh, um, hi. My name's my name's Lucas Frisk. Simon, Lu- thanks for doing your research. Lucas Frisk, that's right. Yes, and uh, Lucas Frisk is a is a writer of erotic fan fiction, and we're very lucky to get him on today because obviously he does a lot of book signings, and he's always you know in different parts of the world. Although of course with the with the the coronavirus, uh, he's uh, doing all of his book signings by Zoom at the minute. Um, but uh, I, I'm so pleased that you're here, Lucas. Well, I'm, um, ple- I'm pleased to be here, and uh, I'd, I'd just like to say that uh, my signings do work by Zoom. I use that pen that Margaret Atwood designed herself, so uh, it's, it's been a boon. Oh, is that the virtual pen that Margaret Atwood designed? Yeah, I, I, yeah, Margaret Atwood's iPod Apple Pencil thing. Where does she keep her um, virtual pen? Where uh, is it on her person? I think she keeps it in her virtual pencil case. Does she? And she just gets it out virtually. Yeah, she's got an emulator. That's good news. Would you like a question, Lucas? Yeah, that'd be swell, Simon. When did you that voice? When did you first discover that you had a gift for writing? Well, I was in the snowdrifts of Albuquerque with my jotter and, and was struggling. <laughs> I can't. Did you? I can't, I can't do it. I was fine yesterday. Um, right, okay. You right. said jotter, didn't you? I, I was it in sounded the... like jatter. I just trying to forget what a jatter was. Was, anyway, go ahead, Lucas. Sorry. I, I was in the snowdrift about Albuquerque with my yeah. jotter and was struggling for characters um, after deciding to quit my job at Dixon's Electrical. So I started using other other people's characters. Dixon's. That's a very British reference, isn't it? I thought you were from America. I am. Um, Do they have Dixon's there? Not anymore. It went into administration a number Did of it? years ago. Um, sadly, yeah. So uh, it's now called Radio Shack. Um, yeah. So I, I started using other people's characters. I Radio was... Shack. Yes. I thought you said Radio Shag. Sorry, anyway, go on. That'd be a good idea for a fan fiction. It would so be, wouldn't it? I started using other people's characters that I was familiar with to get my plots going. And yeah. uh, so. Well, first try, I wrote down, um, I, I penned the script for On the Bus is Blakey Takes Olive, 
Um, that's one of my best. <laughs> so, like, rather kitten boys. Wow, that's certainly made you quite emotional. That one, it it must have really taken a, a lot of emotion to write. I'd imagine it, it gets me right here and right here, and you have to guess where I'm pointing. Um, I would rather not do. But on the buses, that's a ve- again another very British reference. There, do you, are you an uh, an Anglophile at all? No, I don't. I I don't agree with the Anglophilic fiction. I no. I, I try I try to avoid that. But um, yeah. So you're I, not I, on a you're not on a register of Anglophiles then? No, no, I wouldn't say so. I mean, if I am, I'm I'm not aware of it. Okay, okay, that's fair enough. Question number two. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm ready. I'll give you a lead into this one then. So um, maybe you know if if you're sat there with your jadder. Um, do you do, how do you write erotic fan fiction then? Yeah, well, well uh, my method is is this: I, I go somewhere remote and away from the public, uh, like the forests of Idaho. Oh yes, oh those ones. Yeah. I take the tools of my trade in my hand and I just start jotting and jotting as fast as I can, and soon enough, I produce streams of literature, erotic and fully fleshed. Good lord! All all of that in your jadder. Yeah. In my jadder. And do you use a Sharpe to, to write with? Uh, no, I just use a standard number four pencil. Very good, yeah, because, of course, a Sharpe is indelible and um, won't ever be erased. So, oh, I prefer, uh, I prefer delible pens to indelible. I, I like to be able to rub one out. You like to del them, do you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Guess <for> yeah. <laughs> Question three. And talking of del... T- talking of Dell, what is your favorite piece of your own writing? Well, I'm glad you asked because um, my most recent piece is out soon and mm. it's an erotic version of Only Fools and Horses. It's called Hooky Nookie Street. And um, I, wrote it, I wrote it in the salt flats of Arkansas and also in a fishing pond in Salt Lake City. Okay, are you going to read us some? I'll, I'll now read you three extracts from, from that if that's okay. Should I queue up uh, some sound effects just to, just in um, case? Or it, well, do you think the, you'll the, get through them? I think I'll make it through. Okay. Um, right. Good luck. Please Good laugh luck, quietly. Sir. Okay. The, Lucas. Yeah. Frisk. Thank, thanks Lucas. for doing your research. Good luck, Lucas. The Peckham nights were colder and becoming longer. Delboy Trotter had one of his schemes up his sleeve, and he had proposed it to little Rodney Trotter. Rodney sheepishly and tentatively said, Are you sure this is kosher, Dell? As he... Sorry, are you eating, Simon? No, I'm just getting out a tissue, actually. Oh, I see. Um, yeah. And uh, Rodney unzipped his fly and presented Delboy Trotter with his Savaloy and beans. He allowed his polite member to dollop upon one of Uncle Albert's broken television sets. What a plonker, Dell exclaimed, as he offered a glimpse of his own sausage... This one battered with age and with a trademark chip shop vinegar odor about it. Also, Raquel was watching and exploring her cock holster. So um, l- later on in the book, um, yeah. th- this, this happens. Right. Delboy thought that the bar hatch was down. It was erect and upward facing, and his misplaced confidence and misplaced balance had left him sprawled behind the bar. Moments later, local buffoon Trigger made the same mistake and found himself stuck and lodged on Dell snooker cue and pickled eggs. Remind you of your famous broom, Trigger? Dell inquired. After six long, sweaty minutes, they emerged, sweating and triumphant. Dell asked, How was that for you? All right, Dave, Trigger said expressionless. Also, Marlene was there and flicking her frijole. <laughs> One more. Yeah, one more, please, yeah. Uncle Al... <laughs> Frijole. Yeah. Oh, that's very good, that's very good. Uh, one, one more. Uncle Albert yeah. had, had little to offer Boise in payment for the Mark II Ford Cortina. A, a sly smile crept onto Boise's lips and perched there for a moment. Albert reciprocated with a smile of his own, wan yet knowing. He leaned over the gear knob and found an entirely different way to rev his engine. Also, Cassandra was there and was becoming acquainted with her tuna pocket. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's what I have to offer. The, the that's incredibly world. stirring. And, uh, you know, like you say, I did have to get a tissue out in the middle of that. So, uh, 
So, well, yeah. I'm pleased it had the desired effect. Yes, it certainly did. Yeah, it's, it certainly made made me uh, weep. Um, so yeah, so that's that's very good. I've I've, I've finished I've finished weeping now. So, uh, so it's all, okay. it's all it's all cleared up. So uh, that's good news. I think all the brass had come out. So um, right. Um, yeah, right. Number four. Have any famous people ever read your fiction? Sorry, have any famous people ever read your fiction about themselves, e.g. David Jason? So has, I think what I meant by the question was, has anyone read your fiction and then discovered themselves in your fiction? Well, I think a lot of people see themselves in these characters. They're, they're really used as placeholders um, for my for my um, plots. Mm. But, um, yeah, not that I'm aware of, but I'm sure... Um, David Jason would be flattered that I think of him and Nicholas Lindhurst copulating in that way. Yeah, I, I suspect there was a lot of sexual tension between those actors all the way through the run of Only Fools and Horses, you know. So yeah. I, I, I don't think they could possibly wait to, you know, go at it. Well, um, I mean, I mean, you've seen the DVD extras as well as I have. We all I knew have, what was going yeah. on. We all we all knew that, that it was like some vast sort of dog. Yeah, it, it was. Session, it was. Wasn't it? it was basically a knocking shop. It was, wasn't it? I mean, it was like a car park out the back of Asda, wasn't it? Sort of most nights. So, yeah, um, or or little for that matter. Well, but, I don't um, know any of those stories. I I really am no. an American citizen. Well, of course, that's right. Yeah, you you clearly don't know a great deal about British culture. So, uh, but um, but yeah, no, Aldi and, uh, and obviously in your country you have Walmart, don't you? And Seven Eleven, um, Walmart and ASDA are very similar because Walmart owns ASDA, and a lot of doggers. That's people that enjoy having sexual intercourse in public with strangers will use ASDA. In fact, ASDA themselves go so far as to actually. Um, you know, cordon off areas of their car park. Yeah, we to have allow a sim- it to happen. Yeah, we we have these bays for um for disabled people, parents and children, and um yeah. and public fuckers. So yeah, I imagine that's just an extension of what we have over here in the U.S. Yes. U.S. U.S. of A. I think so. Yeah, I mean, there's a, a lot of gobbling. A lot of gobbling goes on at Home Depot, doesn't it? I hear so uh, uh, a lot of a lot of that kind of yeah. Action. So yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, question number five, I think, of, of, of seven. Which book slash show would you love to turn into fan fiction that you haven't turned into yet? Well, I'd, I'd love to um, make a, a sexual erotic version of Driving Miss Daisy. I'd, mm. I'd like to try some US ba- USA-based fan fiction with a heartwarming note and a, uh, a little moral at the end there for, for our, um, our readers. Yes, but you haven't done that yet, have you? No, I'm not, but I'm planning on it when I finish Hooky Nooky Street. Yes, of course you were. She's quite old, isn't she, Daisy, Miss Daisy, isn't she? So there's a whole well, I, market there, isn't there? Yeah, and I, I figure it's it's an age bracket that I've I've already um, conquered with with my uh, sitcom based erotic literature. You've been up there, haven't you? You've been up there, so you 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 can already report back, don't you? I can. I mean, all my notes are uh, are scrawled in my jotter. In your jotter, yeah. In my jotter. In your jotter, yeah. Um, whereabouts can we read your fan fiction? Um, I ask. Yeah, you you guys can um, read it on Reddit. My Reddit name is uh, Lucas Frisk, and um, yeah. I'd, but uh, if you want to find out where you can read my fan fiction, I, I would say someplace peaceful and remote, like the mountain ranges of Iowa. The mountain ranges of Iowa, yeah. So to sort of some somewhere in the foothills of the Rockies, or the or the the plateaus of yeah, or the pen, the Pennines of Iowa. The, the Mises of uh, of um, New Mexico, maybe. Yeah, just somewhere away from other people, because you you don't you don't want to you don't want to share your fan fiction um, reading with, with other people around. And you you don't want anyone to see you jerking off, do you? So. They they don't want to see you jerking your daughter. <laughs> no, certainly that's, not. That's the last thing you you want people to see, really, isn't it? Um, What's that? Have, uh, if somebody saw you jerking your daughter, my what you? Oh, Jotter. You Jotter, yeah. Sorry, yeah. I, I said it Jotter. in English way, didn't I? Yeah. Uh, or your Sharpay, for that matter. Um, what <laughs> adv- Question seven. What advice do you have for budding 
porn. It says porno. It should be erotic, really, shouldn't it? Uh, what advice yeah, I do you find have that offensive. Yeah, budding erotic fanfic writers. What what yeah. do you what, what yeah. tips do you have for them? Well, um, my my advice would be to <coughs> explore yourself and let your creative juices flow over the page. All right. What just just that? Just yeah, I you... think so. Just just let your juices out, you know, on the page. Isn't and, that on your to... jotter? Isn't that likely to ruin your jotter, jatter? Well, well, as um, as as the Amazon review said, uh, pa- paperbacks uh, don't tend to fare well underneath um, heavy uh, moisture content. But uh, if if, yeah. if you have a hardback jotter like mine, it's water resistant. Um, yeah, yeah. And why? And and you know, if you want to go the whole hog, you could just splash out on a Kindle, couldn't you? You could splash out on a cable. Is that easily wipeable? It's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you, Lucas Frisk. And uh, I, I'm so stoked to read some of your fan fiction. And uh, it's been amazing. Thank you very much. Thank you. And uh, have, really a, have a wonderful That's right. And have a wonderful rest of the day in, in the peaceful uh, mesas of, of the foothills of the mountains of, uh, of Ohio. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll just, I'll, I'll see myself out. Okay. Bye for now. Bye, Simon. Bye. 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 Oh. <laughs> oh, I was wow. right, expecting a jingle there for a minute. Uh, so I'll put it in later. Put it in later, yeah. Oh, that was really interesting. Lucas sounds absolutely fascinating, doesn't he? He's obviously really into his uh, yeah his, his fan fiction. Well, especially that first one. He oh could, God, yeah. He could barely get it out. <laughs> he could barely get it out. That's right. I mean, I, I am dying to sort of go on to the, the internet and see whether or not there is any uh, other um, Only Fools and Horses erotic fan fiction. I, well, isn't, isn't there that, um, there's that rule of the internet, if it exists, then there's some kind of porn of it. Yes, there. Is, that's right. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, um, I don't think of anything funny to say about that. But Well, uh, just think of something. Name a thing. I don't know because you're going to edit this. I, I yeah, because if they've made, um, um, if they've made uh, um, those those little kind of calendars like the National Trust do, you know the the little ones. I bet somebody's actually lo- looked at Dunata Castle in Stonehaven, Scotland, and thought, sure, I could make some erotic fan fiction out of that. Property, well, I, yeah, he's absolutely right. Property. If it if it exists, they yeah. can they can turn it into fan fiction. They they should they surely can, can't they? Yeah, they've got the skills and the judders. They got the judders and the sharpes as well. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I think I I'm looking at the clock. I'm yeah. thinking we've been at this for an hour now. I think that's the yeah. It's about time we wrap it up. Yeah, ra- rather like um. Uh, Hank Williams in the Tower of Song. We've sort of paid our dues, haven't we, for the last hour? So, yeah, we've uh, we've done our bit, and we haven't got anyone requesting us to say rude words this week. No, we haven't. No, and and it was nice that Eric Eric Kirk, two thousand and three, Dos, Sinister Breed, Officer Chaz, and Dos again joined. Oh, we had an officer joining. But if they could perhaps even if they could perhaps even stay till the end, that would be, you know. And also vote for us. And vote for us in oh yes, no, all the official things we have to do. Vote for us in the uh, Great British Podcast. Was it BBC Sounds? It was. I think it was something to do with BBC Sounds. It was, wasn't it? It's um, on our Twitter account, isn't it? So we put yeah. the link on our Twitter account, and so you can vote for us. We've voted between the two of us. We've voted about fifteen times. Yeah, so I think so. And, good, and that's it? not even counting our friends and family who don't even listen to this podcast, just voted blindly. That's right, yeah. So, I mean, you know, we've just been going up to complete strangers, six foot apart, obviously, and saying, um, yeah. you know, if you if you don't vote for our podcast, we'll cough on you. So you know. cough on you. Yeah, that's the worst thing you can do now, and that's the worst thing. There are drive-by coughs, aren't there, in in America now? And, and like all yeah. sorts of mass, mass coughings, aren't there? And uh, It's an absolute mess. Yeah, you have to when you go into school. You have to sort of, you know, you have to hand your coffin, don't you? At the yeah, and, the I, and I, I've just started avoiding coffee tables now. It's so ridiculous. Yeah, and 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 a lot of uh, funerals now aren't taking place because of all the coffins. <coughs> so uh, yeah, that's a good one, isn't it? Have you got your horn handy? 
Uh, have I got my horn handy? Hold on a minute. Um, what, uh, wait a minute. The, I'll make it seem more spontaneous in the edit. What is he saying? Peanuts. Pinkers. Pinkers. What yeah. is that? I don't know. There. That was Great. The classic. We've got a YouTube one. account. We've got a YouTube account, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, um, we have, yeah. And I'm slowly remastering the early episodes so that they're listenable yeah. and there isn't a weird hiss in the background, so you can get those there. And if YouTube stops flagging our content, that would be even better. Yes, and Acast, we're on Acast, aren't we? So that's a good thing. Yeah, Acast, sometimes on Podbean, iTunes, Spotify. We're all over the top, <coughs> aren't we, really? Yeah, if we spread ourselves thinly enough, it can only be a good thing. I it's just... a- it's a bit of a low-key ending, isn't it? To this, <laughs> it's sort of like kind of... turned into us having a normal chat about the editing process. So this is, I'll do the joke. goodbye thing, and then, yeah. and then um, after that, I'd be, I'd be genuinely interested to see what you think of this mic quality, or if there have been any kind of hitches. Right, so we'll say bye. Goodbye, everyone. It's been lovely talking to you again. Bye, listeners. Take care out there. See bye. You. Bye. Yeah, has there been like a hiss or anything? Because I was trying to get rid of the hiss in the microphone.